0: What is up, listeners? Welcome back to Ringmasters Podcast, Episode 7. I am Grant LeFevre, your host. I am joined, as always, by Jamison Galloway. Jameson, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm doing good, Grant. A lot of wrestling to get through.
0: A lot of wrestling, but we have some very, very good news surrounding who I think is your favorite ever wrestler. Can you tell us about that?
1: Favorite wrestler of all time. Goldberg is coming back to the WWE. Can you believe that?
0: That is incredible.
1: I I mean, the rumors have been circling, but uh, gone for 12 years... And I never thought I'd ever see him in a ring again. I I don't know exactly know why he didn't come back sooner. If he's coming back now, but uh, he went on Sports Center, talked to Jonathan Coachman, and I just kind of thought it was a you know regular interview. He's just kind of speaking from the heart. Yeah, I'd like to face Brock Lesnar. And then <laughs> Monday Night Raw has about like three different promos about uh, that that interview. And then Paul Heyman comes out and talks about it. So this is a real deal, Goldberg, yeah. and he's gonna be on Raw next week. That's awesome, man.
0: Yeah, we can finally talk about it and not just speculate as to, oh, is this Goldberg just talking? Are they just feeling it out? No, Goldberg hey. is going to be on Raw, which is hugely exciting. That is.
1: That's gonna get some people to tune in. There was a lot of Goldberg chants throughout the crowd. I was happy to see that. I gotta, get, I gotta get out my old, uh, my old Goldberg shirts. I don't think I'll be able to fit in them anymore, but uh, that's uh, pretty exciting news.
0: Yeah, that is excellent. Like, really, it's just something that is it didn't come out of left field, but everyone is just looking forward to seeing that match between Goldberg and Lesnar. Right. Because I think they could definitely top. It was at WrestleMania 20, right? Yep, Where they had the match, and there was this whole context that sort of brought it down. But I really think that with the right context now, with what both of them are, I really think it could be an entertaining, crowd-pleasing match.
1: I agree. And, and yeah, WrestleMania 20, I think uh, there was rumors that got out that Lesnar was leaving to tr- pursue an NFL career. Obviously, that didn't work out. Uh, I think Goldberg left shortly after that. So, yeah, the, maz- the match kind of uh, got ruined by all that buzz. But, uh, yeah, I think they can put on a good show. I don't know what kind of shape Goldberg will be in, but, I mean, from what he's done his whole life, he's always been in shape. So um, I'm sure the guy can still go.
0: Definitely. We just need an in-shape Goldberg and yeah. a motivated Lesnar.
1: And if we get both of those, we could get something special.
0: Yeah, we could get a total spectacle. And they want to do it at uh, Survivor Series.
1: Yep, which is, that's, do you have a date for Survivor Series? I know they have Hell in a Cell coming up, and then the next, that's the next pay-per-view SmackDown and Raw will both have after Hell in a Cell's Survivor Series, correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct. Hell in a Cell is on October 30, so we've got two weeks until then. So that's what Raw is building towards right now, but they're also taking some extra time to build this up, which they should. Um, I thought they would have saved it for WrestleMania. But apparently they have other plans.
1: So. That's true. But uh, I'm glad we're getting it now. I can't wait, man. That's yeah. going to be it's going to be a good good night in my household to watch Goldberg wrestle again.
0: I'm so excited, man. Uh, I cannot wait to watch him spear Lesnar. That's going to be the greatest. <laughs> the spear.
1: Can he still get him up on the jackhammer? His whole thing was holding holding people up in the air for a while with the jackhammer. I'm interested to see if he's able to get Brock up, but I've been going on the network watching some old Goldberg stuff. Uh yeah, man, I'm pumped.
0: I I am also pumped. I mean, that's just going to be like a great Great return, so I, I cannot tell you how excited I am to actually see that. So Survivor Series needs to get here right now, or next week, Monday Night Raw, needs to get here yes. right now. That'll but, be entertaining. Uh, yeah, we actually had a pretty full week of wrestling. Mm. Um, we had, uh, let's yeah. start with No Mercy on Sunday. Uh, this is a good pay-per-view. Not nearly as good as Backlash.
1: No, I agree with that. Uh, it's good, solid matches. Nothing that was uh, over the top that got everybody you know uh, out of their seats, but it was, it was a solid pay-per-view.
0: Oh no! I'll argue the Ziggler Miz did, and to an extent, the opener did. So let's talk about that. Okay. The the main event, quote unquote, uh, the triple threat for the championship, went on at the start of the show. What'd you think about that? Them, them starting that match first. I was honestly fine with it. I understand why they did it. Uh, last time they tried to run a show during a tre- presidential debate, their viewership was gutted. So I sort of understand it. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't really have a lot of complaints because I really enjoyed this match.
1: It was a really good match, yeah. Um, the crowd was hype. It was, I mean, they just start the show. I think that was the the biggest uh, key for starting that match that early was the crowd was ready to see a great match. They they had just gotten there. They weren't burned out about anything that happened. So it was hype, and uh, had a little bit of controversy in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think um, <clears throat> Kyoto, the the uh, senior referee in that match, did a good job of explaining they were restarting the match after that uh, double uh, the tap out by uh, aj styles did, did you i got kind of confused when that all happened
0: yeah i mean it was a little bit confusing but i understand why they did it first of all they wanted to protect those other two guys yeah. um but i i i understood it, what was going on um, I was worried when it happened. I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna get this hugely overcomplicated finish." Mm-hmm. But they restarted the match and then just ended it with AJ Styles hitting Cena with a chair, right. which I thought was wonderful.
1: That was a good ending. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were if if Styles was they weren't gonna let him continue. If it was just gonna be Cena and that's uh, uh, I, I,
0: actually that's what I initially thought. So there was yeah. a little bit of confusion there too. Right, but. They, uh, they still managed to save the ending of a great match.
1: They did. It was a great match all around. Uh, I thought Cena looked good. Ambrose was great, and then AJ Styles was just AJ Styles. He's, he's phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, every time he steps in the ring. I think that uh, they went the right direction with keeping the title on him.
0: Yes, I 100% agree. This might be my favorite version of Cena because he actually looks like he has to struggle to wrestle, even though he's still superhumanly strong now. Right. Like the, when he rolls through the crossbody and just picks the guy up, yeah. it made it look like he had to work for it, and it was really great. But, uh, no, this was the right call. Uh, it's great to have a championship match that isn't preceded by six hours of nothing. Like SummerSlam just burned everybody yeah, out of WrestleMania. Exactly. You just burn everyone out. Just put this match first. I don't think they should do it all the time. but. No. You know what? I don't really was, have a problem with
1: no, it. No, this was the right spot for it. Uh, yep, it, it definitely
0: worked. Mm-hmm. Definitely worked for me. And uh, coming up next, we have uh, Nikki Bella versus Carmella. Carmella has been jumping Nikki Bella for the past since SmackDown Live has been a thing. And uh, Bella Pinder after the Rack Attack 2.0, they were calling it, which is looks like a fireman's carry into a cutter. Uh-huh. And um, I'm glad she's not doing a move that really severely hurts her neck. But yeah, that's always good.
1: Yeah, she showed off her uh, her strength. She's she's pretty strong. She uh, that that move takes some strength for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, this is a good match. Um, I think this is the best Nikki Bella Carmella match you probably could have had because Carmella is inexperienced and Nikki Bella is great. Um, it took her a while to get there, but I really do think she is a good worker.
1: I I love these two together. I think uh, and and it looks like they're gonna keep this feud going. Um, they, just got, they got good chemistry, and like I've, I've said in this show, I really like Carmella. She's, uh, she brings a lot of the fire to the ring. Uh, I like the way she wrestles. She's got a good attitude, um, or a bad attitude, I guess you'd say, but she definitely has an attitude, and her uh, I like what her character's doing. The crowd's not into it yet. She doesn't get a lot of pop or booze or really anything yet, but her and her and Nikki had a great match, I thought.
0: Yeah, and that's the only problem with Carmella is that she has no heat because she's had so little time to build her character. It'll like, come, though. It, but it'll come, it'll come yeah. yeah. I definitely think that they're set to build her more. I don't think, like, oh, no, what are they going to do with her? She's brand new. You know, there's not that anxiety with it. So I definitely think that they have something to build off of, and we're probably going to see this feud continue. So Yep, we will. We'll see it again. Yeah, and we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match um, between Heath Slater and Rhino and the Usos. Now, you and I both called this wrong. We, we did. We made our predictions that the Usos were going to win, and my belief was that the Usos would win, feud with American Alpha, who would put them through a wood chipper and then take the titles and become the dominant team on SmackDown? But I honestly didn't have a problem with uh, Rhino pinning Jey Uso. I didn't have a problem with that.
1: I didn't have a problem with it either. And like we said last week, I think if if the Usos were to win, what do they do with with Slater and Rhino? I feel like they kind of just fall off the map, and I think that's one of the main reasons why they kept the titles on them. They kind of want to keep them important. Without the titles, Slater and Rhino really don't have anywhere to go. So they're probably gonna try to keep them on as long as possible because the Usos can handle it without them. Uh, American Alpha can handle it without the titles, so that's probably, I would assume, one of the main reasons why they kept the titles on them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so not the call I expected, but it wasn't frustrating either. It was just, you know what? That's fine with me. The Usos are as interesting as they've ever been. Uh, Rhino and Slater are hugely interesting. American Alpha, once they start getting some momentum, is going to be unstoppable, so... I'm honestly just happy to see it continue, and not in a normal WWE. Oh, I'm happy. Hopefully, it gets better sort of way, but just like you know what, I'm fine with this.
1: Yeah, I agree. Couldn't was, agree more.
0: That was my reaction. Speaking of reactions, what was your reaction to the Baron Corbin Jack Swagger match uh,
1: on the pre-show? Yeah, I didn't me. watch.
0: You didn't? No, nope, you didn't. Watch?
1: A, nope, did not watch the pre-show, but uh, I did see the highlights. Uh, I was glad to see Baron Corbin win. I think uh, I, I like Baron Corbin. I hope he gets a bigger push than he has now. But uh, yeah, it didn't tune into the match. I'm, I'm not a pre-show watcher usually, but. Uh, <laughs> What, what I don't your? blame you.
0: Was this on, I thought this was on the main show, but the whole thing was so out of order, I honestly can't tell you. It was like Quentin Tarantino directed this pay-per-view, <laughs> and not a single thing was where it was supposed to I'm be. I'm pretty
1: sure it was on the pre-show. If it wasn't, then I missed it somehow, but uh, I was I was happy to see and Corbin one. I, I did see a highlight. They showed a highlight midway through the, the pay-per-view. I did see that.
0: So. Okay, yeah. I don't even remember this match, basically. <laughs> I mean, I watched the whole pay-per-view and pre-show, and I don't remember anything. I feel so. like there's a
1: lot of things this week where we're, where we're not going to remember. Just eight hours of, of wrestling kind of mushes everything together. So
0: Yeah, but also just eight hours of—and then some of it has no context right. with these poor Which guys. Which makes it hard
1: to stick in your mind, yeah.
0: Yeah, but anyway, speaking of context and having a lot of it— trying to do segues now but the intercontinental championship match versus career match sorry with uh Dolph Ziggler defeating the Miz Jameson I don't know if there's such a thing as a perfect match but I thought the way they did it was as good as it possibly could have been this was so good
1: it really was another uh, I mean these guys just continue to just have great matches um and you could really feel the intensity you could feel that uh career ending match uh getting to Ziggler and I mean, talk about a feud that just absolutely boosts both these guys to the next next level in the company. I mean, they did everything great. Uh, even Maurice was was great in this feud. I mean, both guys walk out of this feud looking, I mean, 10 times better than they did when they started. And it's not a lot of the time you can say that uh, in these days at WWE where both guys walk out of a feud just uh,
0: shining. Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, somebody – I read this the other day. Somebody was talking about – Sometimes there is no better thing than a hard-fought match. And this and with a lot of context. And this one they even brought out the spirit squad again, which I thought was <laughs> wonderful. That
1: was great. Looks like they got a they got a part-time role on. Yeah, time. I guess
0: they're sticking around, which yeah. I'm fine with, you know. We need yeah. more we need more tag teams on SmackDown. So if they get involved in that, that's no problem, but uh this was so good, and the Miz and Ziggler both were such great actors during it. Like the sports entertainment and the wrestling, and the callbacks to Daniel Bryan's moves, and Dolph yeah, continually that. trying to hit a super kick and finally doing it was without so a shoe so on. great, yeah. Without, a shoe on. without his boot, he just pulled it off. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, this. I
1: can't I, I just. These guys were incredible. Uh, I think Ziggler's over with the crowd. Miz is actually over with the crowd. I mean, in the, in the best way possible. I'm excited to see what these guys do now. Um, I mean, I'm sure Miz is going to get a rematch, um, but uh, these guys are going to succeed from this feud 100%.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, honestly, it's just we're going to get into it a little bit when we talk about SmackDown in a mostly good segment that happened where they did a pretty nice follow-up. So...
1: And uh, real quick, Baron Corbin, Jack Swagger wasn't on the pre-show. I just missed it. Okay. I think we both I missed it. So. I,
0: was, I thought I was right because I remember it just being this blur in the middle of things.
1: That, that's probably why. that—that that was the That's where I went and got my popcorn. So <laughs> That
0: was that was when I uh, was checking Facebook or something. Exactly. But anyway, uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, we have Naomi defeating Alexa Bliss. Now some context here. Uh, Alexa Bliss was set to challenge Becky Lynch for the Women's SmackDown Women's title. Unfortunately, Becky Lynch is injured with an undisclosed, or she's not feeling well. It's the, the issue is undisclosed, but apparently it's not serious.
1: I immediately thought that Becky Lynch was pregnant. Yeah, you said that. I did. I, I thought like, oh, oh no, this is not the right time for her to be having a child. But I don't. It looks like they're gonna fight. So obviously that wasn't the case.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's quite as time consuming as that. <laughs> but but yeah, we'll be glad to have her back as soon as she is able, breaking people's arms again and uh, just firing up and being this great worker. So, but then again, uh, it. Um uh, Alexa Bliss losing this match I don't think was a huge impediment to her heat either. You know, because it puts Naomi in the picture and it's not exactly like, you know, she can just heelishly complain that she was preparing for Becky Lynch but not Naomi, so there's another aspect to it too. What would you think?
1: Yeah, that was uh, a that, that's a good that's a fair assessment. I was surprised to uh to see Naomi get the win, but um I think Bliss is still going to get the match. So, and like you said, it creates context for Naomi so it all worked out.
0: Mhm. Yeah, no. So uh, they did the best with what they could there, but uh, you know you can't avoid those things. So, and I hope she feels better because she's like my favorite SmackDown wrestler right now. She's up there. We know we you're 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 a Becky Mark. I might have said it once or twice. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, coming up next, um, this sucked so hard. This next match, I hated it, dude. Like I don't have a problem. I like Bray Wyatt, and I'll defend him. I'd still defend him, and many people have stopped. And I like Randy Orton when he's motivated and good and in the right context. But something did not come together here. Jamison. your thoughts?
1: I didn't. I, I wasn't that harsh on the match as you. I, I didn't hate it. Um, the, the I agree. I mean, I guess they're kind of going through the motions, but uh, it wasn't like I was getting angry watching these two wrestle. And then the match ended with a surprise, and I, I like pay-per-views ending on surprises. I feel like that's, a, that's something in a pay-per-view we kind of are waiting for and would, would like to see. And Luke Harper's back. He's been gone for seven months. It's good to get him back. And uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that uh, angry with the with the outcome. And I did predict Bray Wyatt winning, which is another reason why I enjoyed it. So. I hope you
0: enjoyed it, you monster. <laughs> but anyway, no, I was really happy. I love Luke Harper. I've I think I've said it before. He's my favorite worker in the Wyatt family. He can talk, although he almost never does. Um, he can talk on the microphone. He's athletic. He's agile. He sells great. He's a great worker, and part of me almost wishes that he wasn't attached to the Wyatt family so that he could just be his own guy, which might happen eventually. But for now, I'm glad he's back. Uh, he got a pretty good pop, actually, because people yeah. were really happy to see him trying to save this match by himself. So um,
1: When the lights went out, I actually thought this was going to be Kurt Hawkins. But <laughs> you did. Yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. I think you're the <laughs> only person who was wondering where Kurt Hawkins was this whole pay-per-view. But I was happy to see Luke Harper instead. Yes. On that note though, Kurt Hawkins, I did read this. I because I totally forgot that Kurt Hawkins was supposed to be on that pay-per-view until literally today when I was going over my notes for it. But Time restraints, uh, right? You said Yeah, because the presidential debate yeah. and the whole thing got Quentin Tarantino around and changed. So they needed to cut some stuff, I guess, and Kurt Hawkins had to be cut. So, you know, we'll see him eventually.
1: Yeah, he'll he'll make it on there,
0: I'm sure. If yeah. if someone's got to get cut. We're okay with Kurt. That, Hawkins. That's our level of concern right, right. now for <laughs> Kurt Hawkins not being on the pay-per-view. But anyway, let's talk about Raw. Raw started off with an in-ring promo from Sasha Banks celebrating her second women's title win. Um, and she challenged Charlotte to a historic match, October 30th at Hell in a Cell, a women's, a, the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match.
1: This is incredible. I, I can't wait for this. Uh, this is uh, something never been done before. And if there's two people that are going to be able to put on a great match inside the cell, it's Charlotte and Sasha. That's uh, I'm, I'm really happy they're doing it. Um, I'm sure there's going to be something crazy. These two will be able to do uh, something spectacular inside there. It's going to be great. I can't wait to watch this match.
0: Agreed. My only concern is safety because these mm-hmm. are two heavy risk-takers, especially when they're together. But I don't doubt that they'll put on a phenomenal match. But I just hope they don't take too many risks.
1: Being that there's two other... Hell in a Cell matches that night uh, I feel like Owens and Rollins are going to be able to have a pretty incredible Spot at some point um, As well as Rusev and Reigns So I don't think these two girls are going to have to like jump off the top Of the, the cell or anything But uh, they, I think they'll be able to put on a, a hell of a match
0: mm-hmm. yeah, Agreed Agreed definitely So there will be one insane spot I predict I mean there's going to be a lot of crazy ones Because obviously the, you know, the cage adds danger Adds danger It'll and just be
1: fun to watch history, I think. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're always watching something for the first time ever, it uh, it makes it pretty incredible. It's important. It yeah, feels very important. important. It, it does. feels like you're
0: part of something, and that's that, what wrestling's supposed to be. That big fight feel, yeah. That's what it's all about, man.
1: But, I was uh, I was um, pretty, pretty shocked to uh, hear Rusev's music hit during this first segment. I thought someone backstage might have just bumped rusev's music on accident but he came out and uh started talking it's just weird to see him and lana in the ring with sasha and charlotte
0: it was unexpected i love his look he just showed up like a member of the martian mafia in a tracksuit started throwing microphones around yeah and just was upset because it actually is fitting with his character as much as we hate to remember the the whole love quadrangle that happened uh, he, w- he is a chauvinistic, uh, you know, has slight misogynistic feelings, um, not slight, he just straight up is. So it made sense for him to be there. And I know he's a heel and he's very good at it, but I thought he was so funny during this. Yeah, he, he was He called good. Uh, Charlotte Black Swan for her <laughs> entrance attire. And then when, I think it was uh, Sasha asked him, who do you think you are? And he yelled, I am Rusev back at her. <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. As much as I hate this guy because he's a heel.
1: Yeah, he no, he's a great heel. He he's Rusev's been doing great things for a while, and I and Lana's great too. Lana's awesome. Uh, she got shoved around a little bit, took a bump, which mm-hmm. Lana doesn't usually do. Uh, but uh, yeah, the segment was just a, a little a little interesting that they bring them out during that, and then Reigns comes out, and then they make it a intergender tag match, but uh, champion versus challenger tag match. It's uh, it was an all right segment though, and I think the uh, the Oakland crowd was awesome. They were oh, fired yeah. up. Their their Oakland Raiders are leading the division right now. They're 4-1. Everybody in Oakland's happy. Uh, They have the best team in the NBA. So everybody in Oakland's having a good time, and they showed it on Monday night.
0: Definitely. No, that crowd was pretty hot the whole show, which is sometimes you get a crowd that goes into the show cold just sitting on their hands, and sometimes WWE kills the crowd Mm -hmm. with three hours of raw. (laughs) But this crowd was great, and they had some good material to watch, too, which probably helped. So coming up next, we have the new day doing their uh, walking down the ramp, talking promo, uh, giving props to a lot of different Bay Area sports legends, and then they start running down Sheamus. They put Cesaro over a little bit, yeah, they did. But they start running him down, and that brings the world's most dysfunctional tag team out, and that leads to a singles match between Kofi Kingston and Cesaro.
1: Yeah, this was uh, there's a lot going on in, in this segment. Um, Sheamus is on his phone doing who knows what. Um, yeah, it was it was an all right match. I didn't. I mean, I don't know the the new day. Just something they they've, they've kind of worn me out a little bit. And and you know, I'm not a fan of the Cesaro Sheamus saga. So it it wasn't my favorite segment. But um, it was an all, it was an all right match. There was I had no no problems with it.
0: Yeah. Um. I I thought Sheamus on his phone was really funny actually because that was me when I watch Raw sometimes <laughs> just sitting on your phone not attention. It's a good attention. point. It's a good point. I thought the match was a lot of fun. Um I thought Cesaro and Kofi both looked great. It was fun and then it ended, but I really hope we progress past this these two guys don't get along segment, past that argumentative stage because we've been there for yeah. 9 or 10 weeks counting all the matches they've done. So we
1: get that they don't like each other. Right, yeah. Well, they don't got to they don't got to show us that every single week. Yeah, uh, have it like.
0: break down completely or have them become an actual functioning unit.
1: Which, if they were a functioning unit, they could do some damage for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, they would take these clowns apart. Like that opening promo, and you sort of mentioned it, it felt tired. Yeah. It felt like they were just sort of reaching. Like they would just, like, they would look around like they were uncertain. It just, it makes you realize how long of a 400 day reign it has been. (laughs) It's a long time. (laughs) It's a lot of time to hold the title, especially as a WWE babyface. Uh, But. You know what? Uh, I am so looking forward to that match. I can barely put it into words. That'll be great between uh, those two teams. So if I have to put up with this to get there, then I am completely fine with it. So those are my thoughts on that.
1: So <laughs> well, I th- if- I th- you're gonna have to put up with it. So you. will
0: Yeah, I know. I don't really have a choice. <clears throat> right. So I might as well like it. Exactly. That's wrestling in a nutshell, right there. That's Monday Night Raw's like slogan, unofficially. But anyway, coming up next, we have Bailey defeating an enhancement talent. Um, this match was strange because they blew a few spots yeah this is one of
1: the matches i kind of just you know just buzzed through um bailey i whenever i see a squasher it's hard for me now to just take the match seriously because i know who's gonna win um but bailey like uh i think cole said during the match this this girl's gonna be a champion one day which is true i mean she she looked fine uh what, what was your uh your main thoughts about the the botches?
0: It was the arm drag off the turnbuckle Okay. when Bailey jumps and turns around and does the arm drag and they just collapsed on top of one another. And then there was um, just, it didn't look really smooth, probably because they don't have experience working with one another. Well, see, I mean, that's,
1: when they're bringing jobbers in or squashers, that's what's going to happen. I mean, these people aren't professional, I mean, they are, but they're not at a high level professional wrestler. So, I mean, what do they expect bringing people in like this is, which is another reason why I just kind of tune out when these people are in the ring, you know? Yeah.
0: I love a good talent squash. Like, I love a good Braun Strowman mauling, but you have so many people who just don't get on television. Like, Summer Rae can't get on television. <laughs> Alicia Fox is never on television.
1: I agree. I like the squasher. I think WWE was, was good with bringing that back, but now they do it so much. Right. Since the brand extension, they do it every single week. It's I don't think bringing a squasher is an every single week thing. I mm-hmm. think you bring it in once a month or something, but... How many times have we seen this since the brand extension? So it's like, I mean, I know what's going to happen here Yeah. I, I, until uh, until AJ Style loses to one,
0: <laughs> which we'll get to. <laughs> we will talk about that. We'll talk about that. You're going to be surprised at what I have to say about that, okay. I think. So, All right. So coming up, we get a fun uh, cruiserweight match. Sin Cara is finally where he belongs. He looked very in his element here, which is strange because I never would associate his element with a wrestling ring. But I'm sorry, but there's just so many years of watching that. But... Uh, we, uh, Lindsay Dorado and Sincara defeated Tony Nice and Drew Gulak. This was a fine match. Uh, Dorado got the pinfall after a shooting star press that looked great. Um, this is just a fun little match. So,
1: yeah, I got no complaints about this match. I was interested to see that Sincara gets put in the cruiserweight division. So, and Neville doesn't, and Neville doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Ne- Neville's Neville, I feel like, is starting to, uh, like, try to look as much like Seth Rollins as he can. <laughs> You notice so that? So that he'll
0: walk in one day and, Vince and they'll will just, just think he's Seth. They'll just
1: think he's Seth and like put him in the main event, but maybe not. But uh, and of course they they team up Dorado and Sin together, both both masked, similar wrestlers. I just I thought that was funny.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're not gonna get too much done with these matches. Is my only complaint. Like they're a lot of fun and everything, but you're not exactly gonna. Well, it might have gotten Sin a little bit, but. You're not going to get guys over like you should with a lot of these, but then again, it was a fun match, and it was well-wrestled, so I really can't complain too much. So coming up next, we have a segment where I completely agreed with the heels almost entirely. It was Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley coming to the ring to confirm the Sasha vs. Charlotte match, and they also confirmed Seth Rollins' rematch against champ Kevin Owens would also be Hell in a Cell and Chris Jericho and best friend Kevin Owens interrupted them. Owens doesn't want this because he does not want to end up like Mick Foley, which I thought was a great heel move. It's a great line. It's awesome. And then Stephanie comes up with a way to put herself over, I mean, to make everyone happy. <laughs> if Jericho can beat Rollins tonight... Here comes the Stephanie. He'll be entered into the Universal Championship Hell in a Cell match, and it'll become a triple threat.
1: I was hoping this was going to be a triple threat. I thought somehow... Jericho is going to uh, beat Seth Rollins. I mean, I'm fine with it being one-on-one. It's probably going to be a better match that way in the long run, but uh, any Jericho, anytime Jericho is involved in the storyline, it just makes it better. He's so great right now. I mean, he's he's uh, on top of his game more than I can remember. The, he's over with the crowd. Every time he says you just made the list, everybody f- freaks out, loves it. Uh, and, and Him and Owens' chemistry together is pretty awesome. Even when Stephanie... And uh, Mick said that you know if you beat Rollins, you're in the match, and and Jericho's starting to smile, and Owens is like, wait a minute, what? No, that's not good. We don't want that. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed the segment. I enjoyed Mick Foley's suit, um, and I didn't mind Stephanie. So
0: that was yeah, that suit was something. It was. But Only he can pull that off. Yeah, but I I enjoyed the segment. I think I agreed a little bit too much with Owens when he says no, this is needlessly dangerous. And as much as I love. McFly and Steph, he's he's understandable from a character standpoint. I I don't think it ruined it as much for me because it didn't, but it just made Owens that much more relatable. He says no because this is dangerous and dumb and I don't want to do it. That's the thing
1: with (laughs) Owens' character. A lot of the times he is relatable. I mean, he's a great heel, but uh, he's always making sense. He never is just talking nonsense for the most part.
0: Yeah, and that's really his strength is that he is so believable. And he's got the in-ring work and the physical charisma to back that up. So that's going to be a great match. So I am hugely looking forward to it. So then we have um, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas are in the ring, and they're going to face Enzo Amore and Big Cass. Enzo and Cass make their entrance, but the Anderson and Gallo's team shows up, beats them up, hits the magic killer on Cass, and then the entire match has to get rescheduled, which I liked. That was a good little, made it actually seem unexpected. That was a good little touch.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, Gales and Anderson put a beat down on Enzo and Cass. They hmm. uh they made a statement there.
0: Why aren't they that intense during their matches? Is my question. It's <laughs> a good point. They, they give some of the most convincing beatdowns you'll ever see. They really
1: do. They they
0: make it look uh, pretty rough. But yeah, and in the, in the matches they kind of fall asleep a little bit. It's almost. like yeah, we're just gonna wrestle a WWE match now. It's like <laughs> no, man, you are so good when you're just ruining everybody's fun. That's almost all I want to see him do, but uh. I mean, hopefully they'll get a chance to figure that out here pretty soon.
1: Well, so. let's hope, because, yeah, they definitely
0: have the talent. Yeah. So, Semi Zane and Neville uh, destroyed Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Um, Neville hit the red arrow on Curtis Axel for the pin. Bo Dallas took his campaign sign and left, uh, disappointed with his partner, his former social outcast. Yeah, uh, Bo's number. whole
1: thing is he's he's trying to be on his own, I think. He, he doesn't need help, and, and I, I like Curtis Axel. I think he's a funny funny character. Whenever he talks, he's... He's always saying something funny, but I'm not into Sami Zayn and Neville, if this is where they're going. I for some reason and I might be out on an island by myself here. Sami Zayn is just he, he's not doing it for me right now. I don't know if it's something to do with his character, it doesn't seem that uh intimidating or what, but uh I feel like Sami Zayn might need some sort of a, a reboot.
0: It's the booking 100% because you've seen, you know, at Battleground or WrestleMania how good he can be.
1: Yeah, he's, I mean, in ring, he's like, as good these, as it gets. There's yeah. these
0: situations where, even in a promo, like it was uh, where he and Owens and Jericho were on the highlight reel or whatever, like where he's great and you know he's a star, but then they just have nothing for him and they just put him in this meaningless tag match. So I exactly. think it's 100% the booking, but I understand what you're saying because I was. This guy is one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have that much of a reaction to it either. Right.
1: I mean, you look—I mean, him and and Owens were going at it for, you know, it seemed like months, and you see where Owens is now, and you see where Zayn, and it's like, uh, I mean, they kind of just are letting Zayn go almost, it seems like, you know?
0: Which is hugely disappointing because he's one of the best they have. I mean, he's not charismatic on the mic in the same way that Jericho is, but he's a convincing actor, especially as a babyface. So I don't just let him fall to the wayside because he is way too good to it, let that happen.
1: Let's hope not. But, uh, yeah, I feel like there's got to be some sort of changing there, and maybe it is booking, like you said. All
0: right. We'll see. We'll see, though. But, you know, it's it's interesting to think about how he wanted to have that blow-off match with Kevin Owens because it was holding back their careers. Whose career was it holding back, really, in kayfabe? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's an interesting point because Owens is – uh, he's despicable enough, and he's opportunistic enough, and he's good enough to make it to the top, whereas Sami Zayn has to put in all this meaningless hard work in order to just get a chance to get there. So I guess it's good in that way, but that's not gratifying at all. So
1: no, especially for Sami Zayn fans like yourself.
0: Right? Yeah, especially <laughs> I don't want to see that happen. But that's part of his character too. Isn't it? But whatever, we got to We'll move on to that important match that happens next between r truth and Titus O'Neil. Um, this, is, this is another, over, another. Over, pay, over payday sponsorships. That's all I have to say, honestly. Yeah,
1: this is, I mean, Titus, the Titus brand isn't looking good so far. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: man. It was in some stock there. I'm yeah. sorry you touched Vince McMahon that one time yeah. and then your career he's, just screwed He's going to pay for it for the rest of his life. He will. That is so, we've already talked about this, but that is just so excessive the way they're treating
1: him. It, I know. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> when you're getting beat by our Truth, I mean, I love our Truth. Great. Great, great character in the WWE for years, uh, and he got a win, so that's cool to see. But uh,
0: Titus, where, where are you going, bud? I don't. Mm-hmm. And it and it sucks because the mm-hmm. when he was feuding with Rusev, which I loved, I loved their matches. Uh, when he was feuding with Rusev, um, you know, he was clearly getting humiliated, but he would also get upset and then try to fire up and attack Rusev about it. So he was being beaten up, yeah, and made to tap out in front of his kids, which was wonderful, but. It was for a purpose. It was to get Rusev more credibility as champion. So, And this just has no purpose for anyone. No, so. it really doesn't.
1: Um, but, yeah, you're right. When he was with Rusev, that's about as uh, as high as he got. And probably, we. I don't know if we'll see him since in those. Since the primetime players, since he was right. a tag team champion. With it, Young. And as it looks right now, he's not going to get back to that level anytime soon.
0: No, unfortunately. Yeah. So, all right, so Braun Strowman, because you love squash matches so much. So, Jameson, they tried to fix your boredom and disinterest with squash matches this week by putting Braun Strowman against two guys, uh, both of which just had this crazy look to him. They did. The Splash is Brothers. The Splash Brothers. And last week,
1: Braun said he wanted some competition, which I agreed with. That's what we've been saying. Let, yes. let this guy face somebody with legitimacy. But he gets two squashers again. I guess it's two people. He just throws them around. Like rag dolls and beats him, and then gets on the mic again and says, "If if he doesn't get any competition next week, it's gonna be uh, bad news for somebody." And uh, he's right; he's speaking the truth. So hopefully, they they give him someone that he can actually, uh, you know, actually put up a fight with. You know,
0: yeah, it's the most Mick Foley solution in the world to put him. All right, I'll give you two guys. <laughs> like here is two jokers to beat up. Next week he gets three, but right, no, yeah. they they need to do something with them.
1: I mean, do you have any suggestions who
0: he should be fighting? Goodness, I don't know. If he just murked Titus O'Neil, that would be fun. <laughs>
1: that That's not much higher than the Splash Brothers, unfortunately. I
0: know, and he, he beat Sin Cara, but nobody remembers that. No. But uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't think he's ready for any of the title pictures. Maybe possibly the U.S. title, but I really don't think he should lose a big feud right now. I think he needs a, one or two feuds he can just win and get over as a guy who does more than just shows up and squashes people for a minute every week.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. He's Whatever feud he's in next, he needs to go over. Um, but uh, I guess we'll wait and see who they have for him. Obviously, WWE hasn't figured out anybody. Yeah, they have not Because we'd have seen him already.
0: Yeah, but anyway. Coming up next, we have that uh, mixed-gender tag team match we were talking about. Um, Sasha got Charlotte to tap out to the bank statement. But more notably than that, while she was... Holding her in the submission, Rusev tries to break it up. Roman Reigns hits the greatest spear in the world, jumping over both women and just plowing into them. That was great.
1: That was a pretty, that uh, was a pretty well-executed spear, definitely. And uh, Roman Reigns was fired up about it. He he was he he was the most pumped up I think I've ever seen Roman Reigns after that spear. Um, but uh, yeah, Sasha makes Charlotte tap two weeks in a row, and this is all leading to. I, I don't want to make prediction too early, but uh, Charlotte's gonna go over at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, you heard it here.
0: Yeah, she tapped out twice. She has to go over <laughs> exactly. the pay-per-view. That's the most Monday Night Raw thing I've ever heard, dude. But <laughs> anyway, not to get into that too much, we'll get it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We will. But uh, so you know, I loved the Roman Reigns in this match. Uh, I think he's such a great tag team wrestler that that's what was really lost uh, on a lot of the higher ups and Vince McMahon is that he was good as part of the Shield. But he's a tag team specialist. Like that was sort of his niche, his niche. That was sort of where his, his place. And then you try to make him this big single star, and it never connected. If you maybe if you wanted to make things right with him, which I know they're not gonna do, put him in a great tag team, put him with Cesaro or something, and just let them just plow through everybody. But that's
1: an interesting point. Um, you kind of forget about him, you know, being great, at, at being great in tag team matches, because I mean. Like you said, they're pushing him so hard as a singles. I mean, I even forget that they dominated his tag teams with the shield. So I mean, I, like they're probably never going to do that because they've pushed him so hard already. But um that's an interesting take there. Yeah,
0: but yeah, that's yeah, the the thing is, he was once the coolest person in the world when he was with the shield is my thing. He mm-hmm. was over. Oh, yeah, everybody and, said
1: this guy's the next big thing. He's going to be the star.
0: Yeah, and people wanted him to win the Royal Rumble when they realized that Batista was about to. And he, <laughs> Oh, man, talk about a crowd that wasn't happy that night. Yeah, I mean, not to diverge too much, but he was over, you know? Yeah. But they've just created this environment where you don't want to <laughs> cheer for him even though he's very good. So. Have you
1: ever seen the video of the guy that's mad that Batista won the Royal Rumble that night where he's... Like, he's upstairs and he's got his all, like his WWE DVDs, and he's taking them and just throwing them and breaking them. He's oh, my goodness. Ira- he's so irate that Batista won the Royal Rumble that he's tearing apart his whole house and his like his wife or girlfriend's videotaping it. It's hysterical. That's a must watch if no one's seen that.
0: I will have to check that out because you know, I haven't great. seen
1: that. It's great stuff. Yeah,
0: after watching Batista almost die for trying to wrestle 10 minutes and then win the Royal Rumble, right. almost pass out of oxygen deprivation, but. <laughs> That was so hugely disappointing. And now Batista's a movie star. So.
1: Yeah, you know what? Good for him. Yeah, you know he's uh, made a lot of money. Now.
0: Yeah, good for him. But what are we talking about? All right, so cruiserweights. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's next. Okay. Uh, this is the big announcement. We already covered this. We did.
1: But and Paul Heyman's just pure gold on the mic. Yeah, always. He he, he hasn't lost a beat. He's great. And uh, yeah, this this leads into next week. We get to see Goldberg on Monday Night Raw.
0: What a sight, man! It, what a what a day to watch wrestling. If you would have
1: told me this a year ago, or maybe five years ago, I would have said you're crazy. I mean, he's he's been gone for so long; he's not going to be coming back. But oh man, I'm gonna that's that's
0: uh that's gonna be a good night. I, I can't wait, man. Yeah, that's that's gonna be insane. I'm gonna be glued to the screen during that, but. So we already talked about that. Uh, we were both hugely marking out for that, so we will do lots of yelling and excited excited hand gestures on the next podcast that you won't be able to see. But coming up next, uh, we have the furthering of the Cruiserweights. We had a short promo uh, with Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins uh, detailing a little bit of their backstory, which I liked the idea of, mm-hmm. but... Uh, y- yeah, it was fine. I, the match was fine. I think you see that uh,
1: character-wise, outside of the ring, Kendrick is, is pretty pretty far and above better than T.J. Perkins.
0: Oh, yeah, he's a 100 times more convincing, yeah. both as a character and as a promo uh, in situationally or just understanding him. Because T.J. Perkins is just sort of like this generic uh, like white meat baby face uh, exactly. champion guy. And Brian Kendrick has such an edge.
1: Yeah, and Kendrick's, I mean, obviously been doing it for longer. But, uh, yeah, he's good. Kendrick, like you said, convincing. He just, everything he's all about, he's 100% into his character. And uh, I, I kind of hope that he he uh, gets that Cruiserweight title. But, I mean, per- Perkins is great in ring. But mm-hmm. uh, he's got a little bit of work to do um, character-wise, I feel like.
0: Definitely. And uh, Cole actively pissed me off this match. Michael Cole. Really? He was talking over um, <laughs> Brian Kendrick. Every time Kendrick tried to put over the angle, he just started calling moves. Like, he didn't want him to talk, as if what Michael Cole has to say is ever more important than what the Brian Kendrick is saying. I
1: did notice that. I did notice Kendrick would be talking, and Cole would just interrupt, and Kendrick's being a pro would just go back into what he was saying. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up.
0: So frustrating for me. <laughs> you really Cole, Cole makes you mad quite a bit, doesn't he? He think? does, and it's not so much what he does a lot of the time. It's what he doesn't do. The things he doesn't notice... The, the things that he gets wrong, the fact that he's been doing this forever, yeah. since the Attitude Era, basically. Uh, just, he's still... Like, I don't have a problem with him as a broadcaster. I think he's fine as a person who will come out there and chill the network and talk about your products. But in terms of just being a wrestling commentator who the people are willing to listen to and can put over matches, I just don't think he has the enthusiasm uh, and the, the basically just the knowledge and interest to do it. I don't think he's as glued to the match as he should be. That's, I don't
1: know. Uh, that, I mean, you, you, you hit it on the head there. Uh, part of me wonders if that's Cole being himself or is someone in Cole's ear all the time grooming him to, you have to do it this way?
0: That's the real question, honestly, is just, what are they being told to say? Is someone feeding Mauro Ranallo all those horrible pop culture references <laughs> hip hop references he screams during <laughs> matches? but. Uh, I, can't, I don't even get mad at that because I like him as a commentator. But
1: I, uh, I like how every week we touch on the commentary a little bit just to just to see what, where they're at this week. Yeah. Uh, I like that.
0: But. Oh, and, and while we're on commentary, let's bring something up that I've forgotten to mention because I just don't want to think about it. But I <laughs> uh, just mentally just blocked it out, just repressed it. But Byron Saxton getting bullied by the other commentators, like it started a while ago. Oh, yeah, and, with JBL. Yeah, and Owens does it a lot. But Owens has history with him in NXT, and he's a heel, so it makes sense. And now everyone does it. And it just drives me nuts because we don't know whether or not he's a good commentator because they never let him be. Every time he talks, they threaten his life.
1: I th- I mean, I think uh, Byron Saxton is way better than David Otunga.
0: Oh, my God, yeah.
1: Um, And I actually think Byron's pretty good for the role he's in. He's. I mean, he's a lot like Cole in ways. Um, I almost think that that's just the character that Byron— has though is for people to bully him and he's kind of just like laughs it off or whatever I think that's just kind of part of his shtick
0: yeah I know he has to do it and he's professional about it but it's just like what is this going to add to your show I understand that it's funny to have someone you know get made fun of but it's distracting too it's like you have no reason to hate this guy. Owens does, or, or he thinks he does. Like, well,
1: Owens hated Cole forever, too. He just Remember where he would just randomly rip on Cole yeah. in the middle of a promo? And like, okay, what,
0: why is he ripping on Cole? Yeah, right he'd now? tell Michael Cole to shut up while he was talking yeah. or shut up during it. He would turn away mid-match and tell him to shut up. And it never
1: ended. I thought, like, is this going
0: to end up in, like,
1: some sort of a feud in some way? But it never did. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet, anyways.
0: But Byron Saxton getting bullied doesn't do anything for anybody, and it's just so distracting. I would have much rather heard what Brian Kendrick had to say than, like, you know what I mean? That commentary will do that to you. It'll yeah. make you think too hard about yes. things. Or, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was just thinking about the whole three-man commentary <laughs> thing. And Let's just go to the main event. crisis. Let's talk about yeah. the main event. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked there. <laughs> uh, so is Seth Rollins defeats Chris Jericho, so it is not a triple threat match. Um, Owens was at ringside to support his best friend, and uh, Rollins rolled him up for a pin. Uh, and Owens tried to attack Rollins after the match. And eventually, Rollins was able to hit the pedigree on Jericho. Well, Owens did the same thing he did last week and just watched from the ramp as it happened, didn't make any effort to save him.
1: Which is, I mean, kind of smart.
0: Yeah, right? which is perfect yeah, for Owens. He doesn't character.
1: want another guy, even though Chris Jericho probably would have helped him out. He doesn't want another guy to beat uh, at Hell in a Cell. But uh, And, and uh, Owens came out early in this match. He, like, I mean, they were, they'd pretty much only been five minutes of wrestling or so, and then Owen's music hits. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he was just pretty much watching the entire time.
0: Yeah, but uh,
1: he did hit, he did hit uh, Rollins once, gave him a good shot, but uh, didn't turn out to work, and Rollins. Rollins defeats Chris Jericho.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that they didn't do what I was expecting, which was Kevin Owens' music hits. Rollins is suddenly distracted and loses all his peripheral vision, gets rolled up. And he loses. Yeah, yeah it's like, How no, many he, times have we seen that? Yeah, it, well, Rollins has done it so many times, he expects it. Right. So he's able to win the match anyway like a professional, despite all the nonsense that happens. And then Owens just is forced to cower at the top of the ramp and not save his friend. So, <laughs> wonderful. I wish they hadn't repeated exactly what they did last week, but... Uh, I, tends I, to happen. Yeah, the execution was good, is what I'm saying. It so. was, yep, all around. It was, it was a decent Raw. Can't hate on it. it yeah, a, yeah. Did you think, yeah, like, you thought Raw, do you think it was better this week than last week?
1: Hmm. No, I, I think Raw last week was a little bit better, but it wasn't, it's, it's get, it is getting better. I don't think it was better than last week, but it's definitely better than it was uh, last month, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: No, so. agreed, definitely, but... That was good. SmackDown Live was good, but not great. I mean, it w- it's it was, I don't know. Uh, it might have been slightly weaker than Raw, actually.
1: Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. It's been been a long time, really, since we've said uh, Raw was better than SmackDown. But I think this week, I think probably put Raw over um, over SmackDown. And it wasn't that you that SmackDown was bad. It uh, both shows were just kind of mediocre. I feel like it was they were watchable. They weren't terrible. Um, But nothing really happened that was too crazy other than Dean Ambrose being a special guest referee.
0: Yeah, and the Goldberg thing. Hey, Goldberg. There were were new matches, of course, especially on SmackDown. There was stuff going on, but it just wasn't a monumental week, which you can't ask for every week. Right. So, All right, so we've got the SmackDown Live show. starts with a promo from the new Intercontinental Champion Dolph Ziggler. Uh, He talked about his big title win. The crowd was hugely into it because they love him, and they chanted, you deserve it. Which they always do now, and then Miz and Maurice come to the ring dressed in all black, heading to a funeral, and I love it because they said Ziggler is gonna kill the credibility of the Intercontinental Championship, and that was wonderful. Uh, and then Ziggler makes fun of the Miz for crying. Uh, what did you think of that?
1: Uh, you know, it was uh, first of all I did enjoy the them walking down in all black, both sunglasses on. That was pretty great. Um, they just I mean they've been getting pretty personal. I don't know. I they uh they're good at it, but um I feel like they keep going with kind of the same attitude every week when they're both going with promos uh against each other and they're they they're getting in deep. Dude, that's I guess that's just the route they're going. I I, I don't have a problem with it.
0: Yeah. Um I, di- I didn't really like that a baby face made fun of him for crying which was our, but the rest of the segment was really good. Uh and then the Miz cuts another great promo talking about how much it means to him and how hard he works, and how hard he's going to fight to get it back. He then brought out the Spirit Squad, Kenny and Mikey, just two of them. Come back. And uh, they are going to face Ziggler in a handicap match. And Ziggler wins and immediately gets jumped by The Miz. And uh, then he hits his finishing move, and then Slater and Rhino come out to make the save, which I thought was awesome. I didn't, that was awesome. I had no idea that was coming. No,
1: that was, another, that was another run-in that I just didn't expect and was pretty much shocked to see them, Rhino, and Slater in the ring with those guys. But... Hey, it works out, babyface is gonna
0: help out a babyface, so yeah, I, I got no complaints there. Yeah, it made sense to me. I thought it was going to be Zack Ryder and Mojo Raleigh because Ziggler was wearing a hype yeah. shirt under his jacket.
1: That did make more sense. And and supposedly now I mean they've talked about it the last well, they talked about it in no mercy and on SmackDown how great friends Ziggler and and Ryder are, which I guess I never really knew, but uh, they're they're putting over that friendship on mm-hmm. TV.
0: Yeah, no, they're pretty good pals. They're on each other's Twitter all the time, or something. Okay. I always like see a little notification. Did you about... see
1: uh, season one Swerve when Ziggler has uh, Ryder
0: sit on that electrical chair? Yeah, I watched that. That was funny. That's... Season one of Swerved was so great. Oh yeah, see, season, season two is good too. I didn't like season two oh, he... because. They, it was wrestlers making fun of normal people, which yeah. isn't even fair. It's,
1: it wasn't. It wasn't as good a concept, but some of the some of the stuff. Dean Ambrose with the uh, contest winner.
0: Oh no, that was great. Oh,
1: that was great. But um, yeah, season one was awesome. Speaking of wrestling TV shows, did you uh, watch Total Bellas last week?
0: No, but I heard a lot about it. I heard John no? Cena is an insane person. Oh my God, he's a heel. He's a total heel. <laughs> in, in real life, show. he is. Real life, John
1: Cena is the biggest heel in the world. He's not a guy that looks like you would get along with. He's He's mean. He's literally mean. Yeah. I mean, he means well, but, man, he lives a serious lifestyle. I don't know if they're just working, but. Yeah, he's, it's a reality he's, show. He's, yeah, so they probably are, but he's just a total <laughs> heel on the show.
0: That's great. I'm definitely gonna have to watch that. Yeah, I imagine that Cena and it was Daniel Bryan on there too, right? Yep, yep. I imagine those two would conflict like nobody's business. And and I mean, I don't mind
1: watching the Bellas. If if there's a if there's a TV show I gotta watch and the Bellas are on, I'll tune in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. I haven't watched that or Total Diva. I've watched Total Divas before, but not in a while. I guess I'll just have to start catching up yeah. on that because I would love to see. Just this crazy anal retentive of John Cena. It's so. it's
1: pretty good. He get he gets bit by a dog, freaks out. It's, it's it was it was
0: decent. All right, man, <laughs> I will give it a look. Right. Anyway, back to the yeah. current wrestling yeah. show. Talking about SmackDown Live. Um, so we talked about the beatdown. Um, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon make some pretty big announcements for Survivor Series. Yeah, they were big announcements. Mm-hmm. A lot of five, five man, uh, tag team matches
1: and. In Survivor Series matches, women and men, and just a lot going on there.
0: Yeah, how great is it that we actually have a lot of emphasis on Survivor Series matches for Survivor Series? Yeah, they kind of went away from that, and now they're they're back to the tradition. I'm I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Now those are hugely exciting. It's gonna be five Raw superstars, male Raw superstars, against five male SmackDown superstars. They're gonna do the same thing with the women, and they're gonna have a ten man five on five tag team brand versus brand tag match. Which should be a lot of fun. So uh, that's a lot to look forward to. I'm I'm happy they're getting back to that.
1: Yeah, that was. It, it'll be interesting to see who wins those matches because you'll really get to see who who Vince or whoever's making the big decision values more Raw or SmackDown. So
0: it all depends on who's in them too. Yeah, that's true. You, you know, if Roman Reigns is on one side, no. that team's winning. <laughs> but uh, it's not. Yeah, bold 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 call there. Yeah, uh, I uh, we'll remember that when we're talking about yeah. it and like. 10 weeks or when no, it's like it's like in th- about a month or two, I think it is. But okay. anyway, uh, coming up next, we have Naomi defeating Carmella.
1: Another big win for Naomi.
0: Yeah, uh, which was great uh, because it built off the because uh, Carmella jumped Nikki Bella during an interview backstage, uh, slammed her into some equipment, and then uh, Nikki came to the ring and uh, apparently they're friends because they're both baby faces. So <laughs> I, I was cool with this. I didn't really think too much one way or the other. Again, kind of the same thing I said about uh, when Naomi beat
1: Alexa Bliss. I'm kind of surprised that she's going over these these uh, women that are more over than she is, really. I mean, uh, in the company's eyes, I feel like. I don't know. I guess they're just trying to push push Naomi. We'll see where it goes. But uh, for her to beat Bliss and Carmella in, uh, in a span of about two days, that's pretty impressive i guess i I'm, i don't know where they're going with it but we'll see yeah i was watching
0: naomi's entrance and i was just thinking about jameson must be loving this right now <laughs> that, that was that was my immediate thought was just you're you just trying to figure out how to fast forward it yep. on your dvr you get your
1: that's exactly what i did i mean i've i've become numb to it i don't i don't exactly get it but
0: hey that's that's why i'm not in charge she has the glow though jameson. the glow yeah, yeah that's true she has the glow she uses glow like the usos used to word, use the word us they just, <laughs> every single sentence that comes up. Anytime you can get it in, just just do it. Just do it. It's like a filler <laughs> word. But, uh, no, that's, that's all fun. So coming up next, we have Jimmy Uso uh, rolling up Chad Gable with a schoolboy and Jay Uso giving him the most awkward leverage pin in the world <laughs> by kind of putting his foot in. Yeah, that uh, weird. did
1: Chad Gable get hurt in this match?
0: Not, I don't think he did. Did he? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> he gets hurt every. He gets hurt
1: every week. <laughs> he, he like gets uh, you know his leg injury. I didn't. I mean, I didn't notice too anything too extreme unless I missed it.
0: No, I mean he was busting out the suplexes. Okay. He was basically doing fine. I mean there was a little bit of selling from him, I think, but okay. I didn't really notice anything especially out of the ordinary. But well, good,
1: uh, good. Maybe he's getting healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you're gonna keep bringing this <laughs> up, man. Every week. Stop. <laughs> don't 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 hate on Chad Gaming right. like that. I'll I'll tone it back a little All bit. All right. All right. So uh, coming up next, we have AJ Styles' victory speech. Um, he said that tonight he's giving an opportunity to a deserving contender, and Ambrose comes out, and then they get to the bottom of it. And Styles was talking about James Ellsworth, the Braun Strowman jobber from this summer, in a non-title match. And uh, Ambrose gets to be the special guest referee because Daniel Bryan knows that AJ Styles is a jerk, wants easy competition, and is going to beat the tar out of this poor guy who doesn't know what he's in for. Uh, but Ambrose luckily gets to be the special guest referee and turns the whole thing into shenanigans. And, yeah, this is... What, do you, what did you think of this, man?
1: Who does James Ellsworth know backstage <laughs> that is getting who's allowing him to do all this stuff? He's got to be, like... One of Vince's favorite people, or someone. I mean, he's in the he's in the middle of the ring with Ambrose and Styles, which is the biggest feud on SmackDown. I would assume coming up, and he gets to pin the WWE World Champion. I mean, and we finally saw a Squasher win, which I've been rooting for.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've been talking
1: about that. I've, I've actually wanted to see that, and I and I for a, for a while there, I'm like, yes, I'm finally going to see it. And then I was like, oh, he kicked out of the the uh, the the move there, and then he. He still wins, so I was I was happy to see that. But, uh, yeah, chaos, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked Ambrose as the special guest referee. I feel like we don't see enough special guest referees anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a really—it's sort of bygone most of the time. I mean, you get it occasionally, but I can't remember the last time this happened. No, either
1: neither. Um, but uh, <laughs> happy for James. Maybe yeah. Maybe he'll get a title shot one day.
0: Good for him. I love that guy. <laughs> but— uh, no, this was this was good. Um, I don't think I thought Ambrose was as funny as maybe everyone else did. Um, See, I didn't mind Ambrose in this one. I thought he was pretty. I, I thought
1: he was comical and did his job well.
0: Yeah, like, like I, I thought I thought he was good, but I enjoyed AJ Styles' reactions a lot more. Like AJ Styles definitely seemed like the bigger star in the ring. And, yeah, and no, it, and I it, and agree it didn't with have that. anything to do with the referee. But it, it, it's just this weird thing where I always want Ambrose to be better than he is. Because he's really good, but he's just like, there's yeah. just something.
1: Yeah, we've talked about yeah. that, yeah. But there's there's something a little bit missing, but uh, I feel like the last few weeks, and with the pay-per-view and his lead-up to uh, Cena and AJ Styles, I feel like he's getting a little bit better.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess that the what it was is that he was so serious and so just on the edge of being a heel, and uh, so great, and he's getting a mixed reaction now, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. That, and then he does wacky comedy the next week. I just don't think it was in context necessarily. No. but,
1: it, And I I completely agree. The I mean, the lunatic is turned into a comedian, um, which doesn't always work. But I felt like this week it kind of had had context, as you would say, and it, it worked out.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't too – it's just something that I notice because mm-hmm. I always want to root for Ambrose. But uh, you know what? This was an interesting follow-up that I was genuinely not expecting. <laughs> so uh, all, all the power to him for that. So, oh and James Ellsworth I hope you feel better because you look like you died oh, when you hit this Styles clash that looks rough that? yeah
1: his neck I mean he he his didn't neck pull was, his head back at all No. I, I for a second there I thought he was just out I didn't think he was unconscious he yeah he took he definitely took that Styles clash rough but uh, there there
0: been guys who've gotten seriously hurt because they don't pull their head back and they just try to tuck their chin That's a dangerous move it's dangerous. Yeah, it is. It is a dangerous move. Yeah, if you don't do uh, it exactly
1: right as the person that's taking the move, yeah, you're gonna be in trouble.
0: Yeah, but But, uh, apparently he looked he looked fine. He was moving around, but uh, (laughs) barely, barely. (laughs) But I hope he's okay because that looked rough. So all right, and we have the main event, uh, which was Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt uh, defeating Randy Orton and Kane with more teleportation nonsense. I wasn't a huge fan of this main event. This was sort of the low point of the show for me. The rest of it had been good, but
1: no, yeah, I wasn't that that high on it. Um, it's good to see Kane in a main event. I, you know, I always like that. Um, but yeah, the he, I don't know what you call Wyatt's stuff, but I'll call it witchcraft. The lights go out again, and Kane just just disappears. And Harper's over there. I, it was kind of a weird way to use it
0: he has influence with the uh, whoever's the producer yeah, like exactly. whoever's working the lights we we're exactly. talking about that like he just has it in with the uh, the technical crew yeah the technical crew is completely on Wyatt's side they're
1: they're, they're part of the family
0: yeah i mean they're part <laughs> that's honestly one of the smartest things ever if he just can't win pay-per-view matches he's just going to manipulate it so that yeah, it make, can happen
1: make sure the producing crew is on your side whoever's running the lights and yeah but it worked out but i agree it wasn't the best way to end the show mm-hmm.
0: But a positive for Luke Harper's eyes, though, because if anyone is gonna make crazy eyes at you, it's gonna be him, because he's wonderful. (laughs) But uh, love that dude. Great analysis, right there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's your complete analysis of that main event, uh, which was not otherwise notable. But so we got we had some pretty good stuff this week. Um, You know, it was all over the board, honestly. At least you know for me, like we had a pretty good range of great wrestling to not so great stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm honestly excited for what they're doing next.
1: Yeah, I agree. I thought it was it was a solid week. I'll give it a solid B, B plus. I mean, it was nothing spectacular other than, than Goldberg coming back. That's and I think next week he's got a lot. There's going to get a lot of viewers, a lot of people excited about RAW next week uh, to see Goldberg come back. You think it's a, a start of the show thing or an end of the show thing?
0: I believe it's going to be either close to the main event or the main event.
1: I think yeah, I think this is something you kind of just you build up till the end. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be going to be great television. It's First time in a while that I can remember where it's uh must-see Raw. Like, I'm, I'm, I want it to happen right now. I just – but, um, yeah, dude, Goldberg's back. I want to see a spear. He's got to spear somebody,
0: right? Definitely. Paul Heyman, preferably. <laughs> but, yeah. all right, so as a WCW guy, like mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Was, is this bigger than Sting coming back? In my eyes,
1: well, it's tough to say that because it's been so long. Twelve years um, absence of no wrestling whatsoever. In my eyes, it is because I was more uh, of a Goldberg guy than a Sting guy. Um, it just depends on what kind of shape he's in. It all comes down to that. And if if he's in great shape and he can put on a match, then I think it is. I think this is bigger. Um, I think other people would say Sting just because he uh, had such a big impact on WCW, and then I mean he wrestled in TNA, and he was he was wrestling, but when when uh, he wasn't in WWE. And then the short run for Sting is going to be tough. I guess it just we have to see what happens with Goldberg when he comes back. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I would go with Goldberg. I think this is a, a shorter, a sh- small, slight bigger deal.
0: Definitely, because the, his last match was with Lesnar. Exactly in WWE, yeah. and Sting had wrestled in other promotions like TNA.
1: And people would argue when Sting Sting never was in WWE, so that's another point to possibly people would say that his was bigger because Goldberg has been in WWE. So I guess it's a toss up either way. But um, yeah, we'll see. I hope it's a, it's a it's a good run. I don't know if he's just going to face Lesnar and get out or what, but um, we'll see. Either way, we will be tuned in. Yes, we will. Definitely. And hopefully everybody else will be.
0: Yes. So speaking of classics, um, it is time to do the Ringmasters Classic uh, where we will go over an old match or just a uh, forgotten about match or just something that we feel is a good entertaining show that you should totally check out on the network, uh, YouTube, Vimeo, whatever uh, illegal downloading apps you've got. <laughs> Like, However whoa, whoa. you can access these classic wrestling matches, uh, these are going to be our recommendations for this week. So, Jameson, what do you got for us?
1: Well, you, you talked about it earlier. If you've never watched uh, the first Goldberg-Lesnar match, uh, WrestleMania 20, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the special guest referee. The atmosphere is really weird in the room. We touched on it. Um, Lesnar's on his way out. Goldberg's leaving shortly after that. Goldberg does get the win. Uh, it's just a lot of heavy hitting. There's a lot of big moves. Um, people taking some some nasty hits from these monsters. Uh it was it it's a decent match. I wouldn't call it a great match, but um with with Goldberg coming back this week and all the hype around that, I say go go tune into that match between Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. And also, I'm going to go to not a match that all right. tune into um go back and watch Kane's debut uh to the WWE mm. 1997 uh Bad Blood undertaker just finishes a match with Shawn michaels i believe inside uh hell in a cell and kane's music hits which nobody knows who kane is at that point just rips the the cell door off its hinges walks into the the cell and tombstones undertaker pretty incredible i i, I enjoy it it's, it's pretty short only about a five minute video but uh, yeah go check that one out too
0: definitely both of those are worth a look um the wrestlemania 20 match is interesting and might make you worried for this next one because that yeah. was the definition of underwhelming. Right. Even though, you And know, that was 12 years ago. So. Yeah, so just let's hope they you know and recognize the mistakes uh, that real-life context uh, can affect a match. And they know that and they understand it, so hopefully we just get a better buildup and just let these two go at one another. So uh, And Kane's debut, of course, seriously a game-changing moment, so go check that out. My recommendation is much more recent, but it is a Luke Harper match, because I love Luke Harper, and he just came back, and I'm so excited for it. I had actually looked to go find this match. It's a match on Monday Night Raw. Um, it's versus John Cena, back when Cena was the U.S. champion. It was back in March 24th, 2014, uh, and Luke Harper murders him for 14 of the like 15 minutes that they go, uh, like when... Uh, John Cena will, does the you can't see me. Luke Harper pokes him in the eye. You know he's just d- busting out all of his moves, and Cena has to bust out a hurricanrana and the stiffest looking clothesline you've ever seen in order to take control back. And this was that match. Yes, this is that match where the Wyatt family ends by uh, putting a sheet mask on John Cena and tying him up in the ropes. Oh, okay, yep. So it was a great ending and a great story, and it made me aware of just how good Luke Harper is. So that is my recommendation for the week.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. But, yeah, that was a that was a statement by the Wyatt, uh, Wyatt family there. You knew they were for
0: real. Back in 2014, they were for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a long two years for them. It has. But, uh, all right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. I am Grant Lefave. I am Jameson Galloway. And we are Ringmasters Podcast. Uh, give us a shout-out on Twitter, at Uh Give Jameson a shout-out on Twitter. Jameson, what's your handle?
1: At Jameson424.
0: All right, or hit me up at Grant underscore Lafave, L-E-F-A-I-V-E, and we will see you for next week's show. Later, Marks.